Welcome to the Glory Generation Podcast. Here's your host, James Starr. Hey, what's up? James Starr here. And today I want to share with you a word that that is life-changing, you know, from the Bible. I want to talk about how to position your life in a way that you can receive assistance from God, help from God, and see the activity of God invade every day of your life from your home, from your home life, your family life, to your career, to your ministry, to whatever it is that you're called to do. You know, one of the things that I began to be very hungry about as a young believer when I really came to encounter God is I wanted to see his activity. I wanted to see You know, the things that happened in the Bible, I wanted to see them in my own life. I felt like I had seen so many years where, yes, it's a miracle that we wake up every day and we're breathing air and we're, you know, we're alive. That's a miracle. Um, But I wanted to see the activity of God. I wanted to see God come and do things in this world, in this realm that, that no one would be able to deny that it was God. I wanted to see God's hand move through everyday life. And ever since then, even as being a young believer, and I I guess I would still consider myself a young believer, but um, I've always been fascinated with God doing things, with God manifesting himself in this world, you know, and, and I'm still hungry for that today. And so I believe that there are keys in the Bible that if we follow them will enable us to position ourselves in a way that God will truly be able to come and do what he wants to do through our life. You know, many times people just believe that God is God. He's almighty. And because of that, he does everything he wants to do. And it's just simply not true. Yes, he is sovereign. Yes, he is God. Yes, he is all knowing and all omniscient and he's everywhere at the same time. And and he is sovereign, but it doesn't mean that God can come and do everything in your life that he wants to do. Because in Genesis, the Bible says that God gave dominion of the planet to man. And because of that, you know, as a human, as a man, child, as a man, woman or child in this world, you have a responsibility or I should say you have a choice to say yes to God or to say no to God, to say yes to life or to say no to life. That is our choice as someone that has dominion in the planet. And so I want to talk a little bit about how we can position our life to to be able to receive from God and to be able to live with God in a way that we see him manifesting through our lives every day. You know, one of the, the most amazing things that I see in redemption, in what Jesus did for us at the cross and, and through the burial and the resurrection, is that is that by doing that, by dying for us and rising from the dead for us, Jesus gave us a salvation that includes in it everything we will ever need in this lifetime. You know, and what I love about it is the promises of God. You know, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. You know, there's a story in the Bible about a man that was Uh, I believe he was lame for many years, 30 something years, and he was by the pool of of Bethesda. And the Bible says that at at certain times, at certain seasons, an angel would come and trouble the waters and move the waters around and that whoever got into the pool first would be healed. The problem with that is that it was a sovereign move of God. It was a, it, you you just had to be there at the right time, at the right place, and you had to be fast enough to get in. But what's awesome about this covenant that we live in, this New Testament that we live in today through Jesus is that the Bible says the just will live by faith. That is amazing. God gives us these amazing truths like, you know, whatever you sow, you will reap. And many times we hear about that in a negative 
tone or a negative concept like, oh, you're going to reap what you sow. But the reality is that is an amazing truth because you can reap what you sow. If you decide to reap into the Spirit of God, or I'm sorry, sow into the Spirit of God, if you decide to sow into the Word and sow your life into God, you're going to reap things that are truth, that are blessed, that are eternal, that are godly, and, and that are joyful, and you're, you're going to receive a harvest in that. So there's an amazing revelation in in the truth that the just will live and walk by faith right so that means that if you are lacking in any area of your life if you're going without in any area of your life or you're struggling in an area then that means you can go to the word of god you can find promises that are um that are in that area and you can begin to sow the word and focus on that thing until the word gives you enough faith to break through in that area of your life. You know, there's a promise for everything you'll ever need in the Bible. There's promises for your family. There's promises for healing in your body. There's promises for prosperity and finances and abundance. There's promises for relationships. And it's just amazing. So I want to talk about a couple keys that that are life-changing if you'll begin to implement them in your life. And, um, and, and I know that it will be a blessing to you as it will to me. So I'm going to read a verse of scripture out of John 14, verse 12. So this is an amazing uh, portion of scripture because right above this, you know, Philip is asking Jesus to show us the father, right? And Jesus starts saying, don't you know that I've been with you a long time? You know, that the father lives in me and I live in the father and the father works through me. And if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And he goes through this stuff. And then he says in verse 12, this is what he says. And I believe this is a message that a lot of this young generation, a lot of the people in our generation, especially the young people coming up, have not necessarily been equipped by the church to walk in this truth. So here's what it says. It says in verse 12, Jesus says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these. Why? Because I go to be with my father. So Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, the same miracles that I do, you're going to do also. So the, the healing of the sick, the multiplication of the bread and, and, and the fish, the multiplication of, of, of his ministry, the deliverance that he walked, the deliverance anointing that he walked in to set people free, casting out demons, providing for people, setting people free in their heart. Jesus is saying the same miracles that I've done, you're going to do also. You know, again, that's a message a lot of people have never heard in the church because we're used to watching one evangelist or one prophet or one whatever it is do, the, do these amazing things. But Jesus is saying the criteria to walk in the supernatural power of God every day it, it is not that you have to have a title or a, a card with some title on it. It's simply if you believe, if you'll walk with me in faith, if you will be a believer, if you'll believe in the word. You know, the Bible says Jesus is the word, right? So he says, if you believe in me or if you'll believe in the word that is sent to you by God, then you will be able to do these mighty miracles. And and here's what he says. And he says, the reason that you will be able to do mighty works or mighty miracles is because I go to my father. Now, I want to ask you a question. So what did Jesus do when he went to the father? I don't know if you remember, there's another place in scripture where Jesus is telling the disciples, hey, I'm getting ready to leave, but it's going to be better for you that I leave. 
Because if I don't leave, I can't give you the Holy Spirit, right? And the disciples were saying, no, Lord, stay with us. We don't want you to leave and, and all this stuff. But Jesus knew that he had to go pay the price. And he knew that if while he was in his body, he could only help humanity so much. And the greatest thing he was getting ready to do was to go and pay the price and die on the cross and rise from the dead. And so he, he does that. But he, he, he told us that he had to leave. Because if he did not leave, he could never come and live on the inside of us. He could simply walk on the planet and be next to us. But unless he went and paid the price and rose from the dead and ascended up into the glory of God, he could not pour out the Holy Spirit that would now live in you and I. So the reason that you are going to be able to live in the miraculous is because of Jesus accomplishing what he did. He ascended into heaven. He poured out the Holy Spirit. We see this in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost while they were waiting in an upper room. And the Bible says that tongues of fire came and sat on each of them. And God began to indwell them. He began to immerse them completely. And now God was living inside of them. And they were living inside of God. That is the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom is not that Jesus would come and help you. The gospel of the kingdom is that God would come and live inside of you. And allow you the option to lay down your life. So that he could come and live his life through you. So he could come and speak his words through you. So he could come and think his thoughts through you. Right? And then he goes on to say this. For I will do whatever you ask me to do. When you ask me in my name. Jesus says I will do whatever you ask me to do. Whatever you ask me to do. I mean think about this. The 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 limitless possibilities of what this means. Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask me to do, except there's a condition. He says, when you ask me in my name, and he says, and that is how the son will show what the father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. There's multiple places in scripture where Jesus says, ask me anything, anything you ask in my name. He says, I'll do it for you. And so then it brings up this next question of what does it really mean to ask God for something in his name? You know, like I said before, I, I believe that, you know, many times we have this notion or this, this concept or this idea of what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Because, it, you know, most of our prayers end in, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for our food. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus, right? And, and it can easily become this cliche, but... The reality is that in the kingdom of God, names are everything. You know, when God began in Genesis and, and, and going forward, he began to reveal who he was through his name. And he began to say, I'm, you know, I'm Je Jehovah Jireh. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Nisi. And he began to, to describe himself through names. And when he would reveal his name to Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or Joseph or, or whoever it was, when he would reveal his name, that name was their access into the provision of the name. That name was their access into that place in the spirit with God where they could have everything that that name reveals. And so there are many names of God in the Bible, but then we come to one name and that God has, has literally taken every name he's ever revealed himself to be and put every name inside of one name, the name of Jesus. 
And in that one name, you have access to the fullness of God. In Colossians, it says that, that the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit now live in you and I as believers. You don't hear this in church very often, but it's what it says in the book, that the fullness of the Godhead lives in you and I. And so it's very important that, that we come to understand what does it mean to ask God for something in his name. When God says, go in my name, when the, when, when the Bible says he has given us his name, that we can go in his name, that we can pray in his name, we can speak in his name. It literally means that we can, that, that just as if it was Jesus himself here right now speaking, now that we can do that in his name, that we can speak in a way that is, it is literally just as if it was him here doing it right now. You know, my wife has something called, you know, for me, the power of attorney that she can go to any bank. She can go to any institution and she can show documents and proof that she has a power of attorney for my name. And so she can go and do business as if it was me because I have given her my name legally and I've signed those papers and I've, we've been through that process with the power of attorney that I have told the system, right, that whatever she wants to do on my behalf with my name, I am allowing her to go and do it. So when Jesus is saying, I give you my name and whatever you ask in my name, it's an understanding that Jesus has given us the legal right, the legal ability to use the power of his person, to use the power of his authority and that the fullness of that would come through us and that would live through us. And, and, and it also means that in the spirit, in the Holy Ghost, that you can be lost in Christ Jesus, that you can hide your life inside of him. You can submit your life to God in such a way that Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. It is not me who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me and the life that I'm now living in the body or in the flesh, I'm living by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you can give your life to God in such a way that you lay down and Christ stands up on the inside of you and he lives through you. You see in the spirit, when you get lost in the glory of God and in the anointing of God, you get to a place in the Holy Ghost where you are standing inside the dimension, the realm, the place, the, the, the spirit of his name. And things do not happen just because you say with your words in the name of Jesus. Things happen because you are standing in the Holy Ghost. You are standing in the spirit inside of Christ Jesus. And whatever you say is being spoken out of the cloud of the glory of God. What you say is being spoken out of a dimension where it's not you and God. It's not you here and God there. It's not a dialogue that goes up to heaven. It's not you asking and God answering back. But there's a place in the anointing of God where you can become so one with God. There's a scripture that says, he that is joined to the Lord, or you could say joined to the word, is one spirit with him. You get to a place where you can't tell where you begin and he ends or where he starts and you finish. You just become one together 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. You just become one. And all of a sudden, everything you do is in His name. You could say a prayer or a command and not even use the tagline in the name of Jesus, but you're in the name of Jesus. You know, many times we've seen on the mission field, God just so effortlessly and so quickly set people free. It's amazing. I remember one time we were in Honduras and we were walking down this dirt road and we were going into this village and this old lady just ran up to us and she just, it's its like she knew who we were and what we were coming to do and she didn't know us. I'd never seen her in my life and she literally just ran up to us and, and, and we had bags of food and we were giving stuff out and she just ran up to us and just grabbed us and shook us and she said, I'm an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic. And, and she, it's like she was just, she, she knew she had an issue and she wanted to be free and she was humble about it. She wasn't saying, no, I'm fine. I don't need anything. She just, she just like, she just knew what she needed and she asked us for help and we just prayed for her. And it was like so quickly, so, you know, so fast, man. It was just a few seconds. We just began to pray and the power of God, you could just tangibly feel it. Just come into her body, come into her life, and just set her free. Obviously, we don't live there, and I didn't see the years, you know, since then. But but you can just feel the power of God and the life of God go into her, and just her countenance totally change. And that's what it means to go in His name, to be in His name. I'm gonna read one more one more thing out of the book of Acts. So if you look at Acts chapter three. You know, there's the story of Peter and John that there's a, a crippled man at the gate called Beautiful. And he's been, I think he's been lame from his, from, from birth. And they, the crippled man is asking for money, begging people for money. And Peter and John get there and they say, hey, we don't have money with us, but here's what we do have. I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You know, many times in the church, we, we're, we're used to people saying, I don't have anything. Jesus has everything. I don't heal people. Only Jesus heals. I don't, you know, and it's like this, this false humility. But the reality is we say that because we don't know what we have. But Peter and John knew what they had. They said, I, we don't have money with us right now. I don't have money, silver and gold we don't have with us. But what we do have, we give to you. They knew what they had. They knew that they had the name of Jesus. They knew that they had Christ, the anointed one, the anointing of God living in them. They knew that their body, the Bible says, Paul says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? They knew what they had and they weren't afraid. They weren't ashamed of it. They weren't walking around saying, sorry, brother, we don't have anything uh, you know, only God could help you. They knew what they had. They said, we know God is living in us and we will give you what we have in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And so the Bible says that, um, you know, this miracle happens. This man begins to jump and leap and praise God and all this stuff. And then it says in verse, um, you know, verse 16 of chapter three in Acts, you know, uh, Peter responds with this and he says, faith in Jesus's name has healed this man standing before you. It is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. Another translation says, you know, they said, look, don't look on us like we did something special. Here's how the man was healed. Here's how this man got a miracle. And he says, Jesus' name, his name through faith in the name is what healed him. When you know the name of Jesus and you have a revelation that when you call upon the name of Jesus, you are getting access 
that when you call on the Lord Jesus, that you have access into the realm of heaven. The Bible says the heavens are the Lord's storehouse. We're seated in Christ in heavenly places. When you call upon the, on the name of Jesus, you have access to Jesus and his entire kingdom. Everything that he carries, that he is, is now available to you because his name gave you access. It's not a cliche. So they said it's his name through faith in the name. It's his name through faith in the name. Anything in your life that you're struggling with right now, whether it's lack, whether it's, it's, it's any kind of deformity, whether it's any kind of bondage, whether it's any kind of, uh, of, of, of sickness or disease, anything can be dealt with by the power of God through faith in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you can invite Jesus' name and have faith in his name into your family life. You can begin to gather your family and begin to pray together and invite the presence of God. And I believe that your home can become the greatest place of activity on the earth for you. Right, That it may not be a church or a crusade or an event or a meeting, but that the presence of God can fill your home in a way that you'll begin to say, my God, my favorite place in the world is when our family gathers together and we engage the name of Jesus and God begins to freely live and abide in your home. And he begins to make your house, your place of dwelling, a home where his presence resides. And so I just believe today that when you begin to call on the name of Jesus, that you're going to have a different understanding, a different perspective, that the name of Jesus is not a cliche, but I, I see it as a dimension, as a place. He, Jesus is a person, but when he gives you his name, he gives you this ability to step into a new dimension in the Holy Ghost with God. You know, Jesus said in my father's house, are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. And I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Why? So that where I am, you might be also. When Jesus went and he ascended into heaven, he paid the price and ascended into glory so he could create a place for you in the Holy Spirit. So he could create a place for you that word mansions, when he said, in my father's house are many mansions. In my father's kingdom are many mansions. That word is the Greek word mone. It means many dwelling places or abiding places of the spirit. So Jesus is saying, in my father's house, house there's many places of dwelling, of abiding. And I'm going to prepare a place just for you so that where I am, you might be also. So when you call upon the Lord Jesus, he can take you right to where he is. And this message is not just for people that are not saved and they need to get saved. It is for them. But the Bible says that the preaching of the gospel is to those that perish foolishness, but to us who are saved. It is the power of God. So even if you've been saved for 50 years, this message can get up on the inside of you, can release a faith out of you that you can begin to call on the name of Jesus, even as being a believer for a long time in a new way, and that God will begin to change your situation, that God will begin to change you and empower you to change the atmosphere around you, the things around you. So I believe today that you're going to have a new perspective on the faith in Jesus' name, on what faith is. You know, faith is not blind. Faith is not is not saying, I have no idea what's going to happen, but whatever God wants to do, he can do. That's not faith. Faith is when you have a word on something. It's when you say, I know 
that I am healed by his stripes. And I know that no matter what I'm dealing with, that I'm going to receive healing because of what he has provided. Faith is saying, you know what? It may look challenging on the outside, but I am never going to go without because Jesus promised that the righteous never have to go beg. That, that the word of God, when you have the word on something, right? That, man, you, you can walk by faith. You can begin to apply this every promise in this book to your life and begin to see the power of God flow. It doesn't mean that you'll never have challenging days or hard days. It just means that you can always have victory in your life. It may look like a wilderness on the outside, but Jesus promised that you could speak to the rock. You could speak to the mountain and that mountain would begin to give forth his water. That mountain would begin to flow and gush forth with life, with living water. And that river is now on the inside of you as a believer. And you can have the rivers of living water every day of your life on the inside, no matter what happens on the outside. So I pray in Jesus' name that this, uh, this message, this, this quick word is a blessing to you, that it would empower you, and that it would help you to step into a new dimension with God that would help you to go to the next level with God. Whatever you're dealing with in life, find the word of God on that area and begin to sow it into your life. You know, faith is not just standing around in prayer every day saying, God, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Faith is when you you let the word of God speak into your life. The only thing that can produce it. You, you can't produce faith by just a desire to have faith. The way that faith is produced is by allowing God's word to speak into your life. And this word is what will bring the faith for you to break through no matter what comes against you. So I pray that this word has helped you. And uh, that's all I got today. God bless you. Share this, you know, uh, tag friends below in the comments and all that kind of stuff. But God bless you and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Glory Generation today. As a reminder, we would love for you to subscribe and review. We love hearing your feedback, stories, and testimonies. Also, please share the podcast with your friends and help us raise up a generation of radical believers that will see the glory of God invade every area of life.